Welcome to Training for Manhood, an ongoing exploration and adventure intended to be fast, fun, and formative for guys who desire to be the best men they can. Young or old, there are always areas for improvement, growth, and maturity. We hope you'll pay attention and put into practice the useful advice you hear on this podcast. But remember, the goal isn't just to listen, but to do what you learn. Welcome to Training for Manhood. Hey guys, welcome back to Training for Manhood. Dan Panetti. Got a couple of fun guests with me. Mike Thornberry, right? You're kind of one of the regular guys. Everybody knows Yeah, there's you. only one bearded wonder here today. Only one. Yes. That's right. Usually Gabe would be with us when we do these things. and We have a lot of... Uh, manly facial hair in the mm-hmm. room, but uh, but just you. Um, the other guy without facial hair over there, um, almost clean shaven, kind of nice, um, is my oldest son, Preston. Preston, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. There you go. That was good. Good introduction. Um, we're going to talk about something. Um, I don't. I, it's not unusual. It's just it's a it's a way of learning in today's culture um, that is super important. And if we want to talk about training for manhood and what it means to be a man. Um, we're going to talk about, obviously, books a lot, but yep. there's another way of learning that this culture has grown up in, and I think it's um, probably even more powerful in, far, in, in terms of like communicating a message because you can actually see the message as well instead of just reading about it, um, but it's movies. Uh, and so, um, Mike, you had this idea, and you said, hey, let's do a program on what movies men need to watch. And it makes sense because men are wired to be visual. Sure. So we're going to learn through what we see. Now, that, that's a that's a... Dual-edged sword. That's true. So you got to be careful on what you take yep. in. Exactly. You know, if the eyes are the window of the soul, Edgar Allan Poe, then we got to make sure what we're watching is redemptive, or there is something redemptive about it. Yes. I like that. So we're going we're gonna to start off with just um, movies that we think guys out there need to watch. And I'm going I'm to start here with a movie that's not a movie, just, just to throw us off. Okay. okay? Just <laughs> we're we're going to set it up and go left. Exactly. Right. Immediately. Um, and, and that is um, The Chosen. Okay, because the chosen came out at, as a movie just recently. Yes, um, in the movie theater, so it in, counts. In the movie theater, so it counts. Right. So we can we can throw the chosen out as the movie. But I thought um, when I was when I was thinking about this, I was like, you know what? If you want to watch a movie about a man, you might as well watch a movie about the man. Yes. Uh, the God Man, the greatest man to ever live, um, Jesus Christ Himself. And the chosen is, is an app you can get. You can watch it on, I guess now you know Netflix and all the different streaming things. You know, Angel Studios Angel has an Studio app has where you can download it and watch it. Yep, uh, but I, I'll say they're in three in, uh, season three. Um, it, you know, season one was you know crowdsource funded. I mean, it's an amazing thing. But here's the thing: it's about the life of Jesus um, and the disciples that he has, uh, and it's it's an incredible, incredibly well done, uh, incredible story. There is no greater story, right? Ever Correct. Told, um, uh, than the life of Jesus himself. And so, uh, just I want to start it off with the first movie that's really not a movie, but you you could have gone and watched it in the theaters because they released season three um, episodes one and two in the theaters, and it was so much fun to go to the theaters and watch it. So that's my that's my first movie who wants to go next no i i would co-sign that Co- there you go uh, and like the that. beautiful thing about that for men it, you know sometimes when you're reading something you don't get the visual image of it yeah. or you get the wrong visual image yeah. of it and one thing the chosen does well it, it follows scripture so you can literally read along right. and understand as he's going through a parable you can look right to the bible sure. and see it but it gives a cultural context too that we typically miss because we read it through current time eyes yeah. like i'm reading this as well, if and we, we have to I, yeah. I, I only have my timed eyes now yes right? i can't go back to you know uh, first century jewish eyes and, and understand things because i wasn't there nor am i jewish uh, that so it's just right it, it gives you a greater um and you know 
appreciation, uh, fuller understanding of just the, the people, the times, the environment. Um, obviously, they, they have some things that are, you know, obviously extra biblical. Yes. You, you, you know, you've got to tell the story. The Bible isn't a screenplay. It's yeah, a book. Exactly. So I, I love it, though. And I, I could talk about it. We could do a whole show just of my fascination with it and how um, I love. My favorite thing about it is they gave Jesus an incredible sense of humor. Uh, and I love that. Right? And he, yeah. says, he has some one-liners in there that just make you hit the floor. They're so good. Well, I think it's been established that God has a sense of humor. Yes. He definitely does. <laughs> Look at us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's, there's irony in everything. Yes, case in point. All right, so who's got the next? Preston, you want to start with your first one? Yeah, for my first movie, I did The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. The Secret uh, Life of Walter Mitty. It's a great movie. An, and here's the deal. An honest movie, right? Like a, a non-funny movie by Ben Stiller that was still kind of funny but very poignant. Right? What, what did you take away from that movie? It was just the object of enjoying life, just understanding that life is not just a boring set of rules that God has given you that you just can't do anything in life. You, yeah. I mean, Walter starts off just kind of and, and is doing his job, and he's boring. He, he wants to make a profile on... Um, online and he's like, I'm a boring person. Yeah. I don't do anything. This isn't <laughs> it's exciting. A good setup to it, yeah. And so all of a sudden he starts traveling the world and you start to realize that life isn't boring. Yeah. There's more out there for me. Uh, he starts to realize that the boundaries that are set up for him, as long as he doesn't go up near them and just try to go around them, he's good to go and he can go have all the fun he wants to have and enjoy life. Yeah. And um, I mean, the movie, you show that he does life well. Yeah. It's funny. One of my favorite lines from any movie actually comes from The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. All right. Um, and it's in Raising a Daughter. Right? When I heard this line, I was like, oh, ooh, like that's the line. And it is when um, the character of Sean Penn plays. He's a photojournalist. Walter Mitty is supposed to go find Sean Penn because Sean Penn has taken um, the last picture um, that's going to be on the cover of Life magazine. Right. And it's and it's, you know, Walter Mitty can't find it. So he's got to go find Sean Penn. So he's out there traveling around and it's it's an amazing movie just, you know, watching him do these different things. But he finally finds Sean Penn um, in the mountains in like, you know, Tibet or something. And he's, he's trying to get a picture um, of a snow leopard. And he's, and he's sitting there, and, you know, here's Walter Mitty, and he, he sneaks up to him, <laughs> right? And, and, um, and Sean Penn shows him the picture, you know, like through the lens. Yes. He has it. Uh, and there's the snow leopard, and, and Sean Penn is, is sitting there, and, and Walter Mitty is waiting for him to take the picture, um, and he doesn't take the picture. Um, and, you know, so Walter Mitty is kind of like, you know, why, did, why didn't you take the picture? Yeah, what are you says, doing? Yeah, he says, beautiful things don't ask for attention. Mm. And I love that line, and I, right? And for a daughter, uh, it's funny, I got her into snow leopard, and I talked to her about the idea of, here's the deal, as a young woman, you're going to be asked by your culture to go out there and to promote yourself and to show yourself and to like, seek attention because of your physical appearance. And I yes. said, here's the deal. Beauty doesn't ask for attention. No. Right? It just, it just it, it exists. It's there. My daughter is beautiful. But here's the thing. She doesn't have to show the world her beauty. Yeah. Right? She can just appreciate that God has made her beautiful. And those who will appreciate it can understand that concept. And so I love that line from that particular movie. And sometimes that's why I love movies. Right? It's just maybe one scene or one line yes. or one thing kind of hits you and you went, ah. right? Maybe the rest of the movie didn't. But like The Secret Life of Walter Mitty, that one line right there sold it for me. So, so we started with Ben Stiller. 
We started with Jesus. Okay, okay. And <laughs> then the next movie was Ben Stiller. But Ben Stiller, <laughs> understanding that as Walter Mitty, I need to live my life well. Yes. So I'll transition to one of my favorites, okay. The Last Samurai. So we're going from Ben Stiller to Tom Cruise. So I don't know if this is going to be a productive... It, it is. Tom Cruise, come on. He well, might have some of the great movies, really, of all time. Unfortunately, he's in a couple of mine, yes. top ten. So yes. uh, The Last Samurai is a great story of Captain Algren, which would be played by Tom Cruise, who's a U.S. Uh, war hero, yep. uh, and can, uh, fought against the Indians and has plenty of trauma from that and is an alcoholic, and then he gets captured in Japan trying to raise the new Japanese army against the samurai. Right. So most of the movie is a struggle of him finding a meaning of life, finding a meaning for life. Yes. While he's encountering the samurai. Yeah. Who already have a meaning for life. Yes. So it's this juxtaposition of two different cultures coming together. One that is the U.S. culture, very individualistic. It's all about me. Yep. And one from the Western culture, which is about honor. Eastern culture. And he learns from the discipline of the samurai. Yeah. And, and roughly, samurai means to serve. <laughs> and the samurai in the service of the emperor, yeah, whether there's it's for life or there's death. There's something greater than you. And one of my favorite lines in that is, you find life in every breath. Oh. So as Walter Mitty is finding life in every circumstance, Captain Algren and Tom Cruise eventually find life in every breath. And you now it gets a little deeper than that, but, but the point being is I can have something in common with somebody I don't know, and I can find beauty in life mm. through discipline and service. So he, he transforms from this guy who's wallowing in his personal guilt and trauma to I found a reason to live and is in service of something. I love it. So a life in every breath. Yeah, it was good. We, we might as well just throw out right the next Tom Cruise movie, um, Top Gun. But, but Top Gun Maverick for me, the one that just came mm-hmm. out. Um, I think was better than the first movie, um, and not only just you know cinematically, right? And, but the but the story was fascinating for me because Tom Cruise goes from in the first movie the Top Gun pilot, right, where it's all about me, right? Yes. It's all about you know speed. It's all about me doing things, and and he learns to become part of a team. He learns right this, which is great. I mean, yeah. it's an awesome thing. Um, but there, but there's so much just bravado and you know mochismo in the first movie. Um, the second movie, he is no longer the Top Gun pilot. He is the Top Gun instructor. And yes. he's got he's to take 12 young punks just like him in the years past, and he's got to make them prepared to do a mission. And it's, uh, I did a staff training with this movie, actually, and I said, hey, if you want to be a great teacher, watch this movie because he's a great teacher. And the reason he's a great teacher is because at one point in the movie, um, he actually has to model right? The, the actual thing that he's asking them to do, right? He's asking them to do basically something impossible and he has to prove that it can be done. So yes. he goes out and does it. And I think that's one of the great things for men is, right? We're, we're men of action, right? We go out and we do the things that we say we could do. We're not just going to talk about it. We actually have to do it. And yeah. Tom Cruise in the movie does it, right? He's like, hey, and, and my thing is like, you can't ask people to do more than you're willing to do yourself. Yes. And in that movie, he does it. And it's a great thing. It's actually a parenting movie. It's a parenting movie. <laughs> It actually, you can use it for a lot. Of <laughs> There's so life many lessons. good lessons, it, and the, is. this is the beauty of some of the movies we're talking about. They reflect the truth that's in the Bible. Yeah, and and when we see that in whatever format, a commercial, a TV show, a movie. It, it just jumps out at you, yeah. and that's why we like it. You know, there's a great, um, great verse in Matthew. It says, um, a student is never above his teacher. Mm. Um, and I think that from that movie reminds me of that. If, if yes. you're going to teach somebody, right, you can only take them as far as you're willing to go yourself. Absolutely. Great, great movie for that. Preston, you got another one that's not a Tom Cruise movie? Yeah, it's a little bit older. <laughs> you got The Ultimate Gift. 
Ah. Great, Jeez. great movie. Great uh, movie. You got the main characters of Jason Stevens, and basically his grandfather has just passed away, and he just wants the money. He wants the money because his grandfather's rich, all the family's there, but in order to get the money, he's got to work. Yeah, so the way his grandfather set it up, and which, by the way, um, my dad was a Rockford Files guy. Now, most people don't even know what that is, but James Garner, who plays the grandfather mm-hmm. in this movie, right, was Rockford. And I just remember my dad sitting down most nights and I'd see the introduction right, to the Rockford Files. So James Garner is the grandfather in this movie and he wants to teach his grandson right, about the value of life before he hands him you know, hundreds of millions of dollars. And so The Ultimate Gift is an incredible book by a guy named Jim Stovall um, that they made into a movie. The book is better, yes, as of course every book is, because there's 12 gifts in the book. The movie only gives you, I think, three, four... Yeah, it doesn't Bible, have time to unpack it all. doesn't have time all. to unpack them all. But I think they do a great job, right, of unpacking some of the really necessary. My favorite one is the gift of work, mm. um, where Jason has to go out and, and work on a farm and put up a fence. And if, you know, I mean, he's on a Texas farm, right, putting up a fence that goes forever. Yeah. Because you know, it's like uh, when you're on a ranch out in Texas, how long does the fence have to be? And it's like, as long as it needs to be. As long as it needs to be. <laughs> so he learns. He learns, you know, the, 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 um, the importance of work, um, you know, the gift of um, friendship, um, the gift of money. He, I mean, he, he learns all these gifts. And it's a, it's a really sweet movie. It's very, very well done. Um, I don't think it got a lot of acclaim. Um, but if, if you want to have a good movie about what it means to be a man, yeah. um, about living your life for somebody else, right, The Ultimate Gift is a really, really good book and movie. Um, and it's actually, I'll, I'll throw out this little teaser. Um, we read four books a year, right, at Training for Manhood. The next book we're going to do that will read and come out in May. So the Fridays in May is actually going to be the ultimate gift. So good, good job, Preston. Way to, way to stay Excellent. right on. Yes. Fantastic. Excellent. Yes. Well, you, you mentioned James Garner, so we're going to go to the notebook next, right? Because he was in that. Oh. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I, we were going to go off the rails quick here. <laughs> so, so, no. <laughs> and, and that's the thing. is, I, I think this list, if you, if you look at the list when we get done up at the end of it, right? I don't think necessarily that you're going to find movies that people are going to be like, oh, yeah, that's obvious. Yeah. Because right? it's just not going to be the popular movies, not the one that everybody watches. Right? These are movies that we specifically are saying there's a life lesson that you can get from this movie that's really poignant, really powerful, especially for young men growing up. So. Maybe. Yeah, and not, all, not not in the notebook. And all these movies, men, as you're listening to these lists and why we enjoy these movies, it should clue in, hey, that's an easy date night with my wife. There you go. You know, I'm going to take her to a movie or sit on the couch, cook dinner for whatever, and we're not going to watch a superhero. But we're going to watch something that's redemptive and good. Yeah, you know, none of mine are superhero movies. Yeah, I, I don't have any either. I don't, I don't have any superhero movies. No, don't get me wrong. I love a good superhero movie, but... They often don't reflect anything of Christ. (laughs) But that being said, I will go to something that is a book and was made into a movie, just like you just did. We Were Soldiers Once and Young, book written by Hal Moore, and uh, he had a co-author as well. But uh, that was essentially the book around the genesis of the first calf. Is that the Mel Gibson? Mel Gibson film. Yes. So he's in a couple of my top movies as well you gotta say but it was a phenomenal movie about what it means to lead mm, men and he crazy. had a good faith yep. uh but it was tough circumstances where leadership was paramount or the mission that he was executing would have you know if it failed it would have cost the men in the lives in front of him and it walks him through when 
when he does lose a man in the battle, what it means. So he was so personally invested in his soldiers' well-being that it was a constant battle between, am I putting the mission first or the soldiers first? But regardless of which one he chose, you could see the love for his soldiers in everything he did because he assumed the responsibility of these lives are in my my control and my command, yeah. and I've got to do the best with them while serving the country. Is that is that the line where he talks about he's got to be the first boot on the ground, yes. the last boot? On I will the be helicopter. the first on, yep. and I'll be the last, last off yep. as they drop me into the valley. That, the, that is a great the, image and a great line. Uh, that's, that's that's an essence of manhood right there. Right? A- absolutely. Just you're, you're, hey, you're the first one to take responsibility. You're the last one to leave. Pick up when you're done. So I'll, I'll reference General Patton, who commented about manhood and saying duty is the essence of manhood. And mm. I see that lived out mm. in that movie and yeah. in the book, yeah. We Were Soldiers Once and Young. So it's uh, highly encouraged. It also addresses the other side of the coin, not just Mel Gibson's role as a man, but its impact on his family and his wife and the wives of the soldiers. Yeah. So uh, highly recommend it. It's a good one. And you're gonna, some of your awesome is probably going to leak on this one. I love it. I love it. Okay, so mine's very similar to that, and it's uh, "Here Comes the Boom," with with is it is it Kevin James? Yes. Right? Oh, he's the MMA guy. He's the MMA okay. guy. He's the, if you can even call him that. Hey, he's the he's the teacher who's willing. Can I just tell you, if I had to summarize it, he's willing to fight for something that he believes in. Right now, he he shouldn't be out there fighting for something he believes in. Yeah, <laughs> but he is he is the um, he is the I used to wrestle in college teacher. Um, whose school is going to be shut down. And so he gets into MMA um, and he fights and he tries to raise money for keeping the school alive and, yeah. and keeping the band program going. And I'm, I just tell you, I'm just saying it's, it's a funny enough movie that you're laughing through it, but it's also got some serious points that if you look at it, yeah. um, you know, I, I, I did not put in, so here's the thing, I did not put in Braveheart or Gladiator to me that are in a sense similar to Here Comes the Boom. Can you imagine that? That teach you the lesson of there's something worth fighting for. Yes. So here comes the boom. Gives you some great one-liners. Right when you you know you've got the applesauce in the in the back of the car and he eats it and it's not good and he's like who who makes applesauce right in their car? I mean it's just it's, who makes their own applesauce right? Who keeps it in the car? I didn't think Kevin there's, James was going to make this list. This, yes, I, this is the list of the great movies. How could Kevin James not be on it? Here comes the boom. One of one of the great movies. I love love that movie. So a lot of fun in our family with that movie. Preston, what's your next one? I'm going to stick with the sports and go with The Rookie. It's, it's a great movie with Dennis Quaid. Mm. He, uh, it's him making the MLB at about 40 years old where he thinks his life's over. Yeah, uh, He's coaching a high school baseball team and goes out there and throws a pitch. And his kids are like, whoa. Like, they're like, if you, hey, if you, uh, if you make the playoffs, you got to try out. Yeah. And they end up making the playoffs, so he ends up trying out. And I think it's a great story of just patience and understanding God's timing. Yeah. Uh, I think that's something I always struggled with was understanding patience and how my timing is not always going to be God's. Yeah. And really, I learned that a lot throughout life. <laughs> we're, we're, we're in the process of still learning that, aren't we? Yeah. That's, you know what? One of, one of my favorite things about The Rookie um, is it shows the need for every man to get their approval from their father. Yes. And so even though in, in this particular movie, um, his dad is, is not the one who's interested in him. His dad is not the one who invests in him. It's really his mom that does. Yeah. Uh, but at the end, he wants to give the baseball to his dad. 
And it's just, it's just a constant reminder, right, that God has made the man, the father, um, to be the one who basically gives that blessing to the next generation. Right? Yeah. And, his, and his dad missed it. Right. And it's a, it's a very powerful scene, um, you know, when he wants to give the baseball to his dad, because it's, it's kind of like, dude, your dad wasn't there. Right. You, you should yeah. be giving this to your mom. She's the one who helped you keep your dream alive and, and you know, and, and always you know, pushed into you. Um, but it's like it doesn't matter. Right. Your, your dad is the one who's got the power of, of passing on the blessing to the next generation. Uh, and you see how powerful it is in that movie, The Rookie. Yeah. Every man craves the approval of their father yeah. as we crave the approval of our heavenly father. That's right. And it's it's. I mean, that's not the only baseball movie with that. If you look at Field of Dreams, all he wants to do is have a catch with his dad. So powerful, powerful metaphors. So we'll stay with sports. And, you know, I've got too many sports ones. but Really? I don't don't know if I have any sports ones. Well, I'll go with Remember the Titans now. Okay. We'll go to football. There you go. Phenomenal movie, segregation era. Yes. Bringing two different uh, cultures together with Denzel Washington doing a phenomenal job. The run through Gettysburg, right? Uh, Oh, Man. Yeah, it, it, it was just uh, a great movie about a hard situation to lead through and what yeah, it takes yeah. to lead men and the impact it has on younger men when you lead them well. That's right. I mean, it sets, it, you know, I say this a lot to the guys I talk to. As the man goes, the family goes. Yeah. As the man goes, the job goes, wh- whatever the environment. As and the man goes, the country goes. As right. the man goes, it's the country just, goes. So amen. if you're willing to love and lead and not compromise on those two points, anything is accomplishable. Yeah. And it was just a beautiful portrait of that investment uh, in that team that neutralized the color of the two sides of the team. That's right. Became one team. Yeah. That was really, really, really well done movie. Yes. Fantastic. So um, Facing the Giants is another Mm. football movie. Um, The Kendrick Brothers came out with Facing the Giants. Um, Beautiful story, beautiful movie. Um, It's really about a coach. Um, who just you know wants to invest uh, in in the lives of his boys, um, uses football as the tool um, to be able to speak truth into their life, um, and you just you watch uh, God just provide for him. It's it's really well done. I would say the Kendrick Brothers movies would just make my list. So anything that they've done right now, my family we've watched Flywheel, which was the first one. Yes, I'll put it on there um, just because it's like, hey, it's one of their movies. It's not their best movie. It was their first one. Um, but Facing the Giants was incredible, courageous, um, very about, good about the power of uh, marriage, um, and about um, the the one thing in there is where the dad tells his daughter, right, you give me your heart, and when you're ready to date. Right. I, I'll, I'll protect it until, you, you know, you're ready for another man to come along and take that. Uh, and it's a really, really cool picture. But they've got fireproof. They've got show me the father. They've got war room. Right. So anything the Kendrick brothers have done is worth watching. Absolutely. Really, really well done. And Facing the Giants is probably one of our favorite family movies. Right. We, we, we we're out. We'll yell out there, you know, build me a wall, build me a wall. Right. And we all know what that's like. So anyway, it's awesome stuff. Preston, you got another one? Yeah, I'm going to go with really just an entire series, The Lord of the Rings. Oh. Wow. Now, now, are we going to we're going to do guys. that and The Hobbit as, as together, or what are you going to do here? <laughs> he this brought, is important. I would have said Don't. yes. I would have said uh. yes, but we're just going to go with The Lord of the Rings. He, he brought uh. that up last night, and he's like, he's like, you know, do we include The Hobbit in there or not? And Parker freaked out. So I think you. we're going to go with just The Lord of the Rings. Uh, just The Lord of the okay. Rings. Okay. So, of course, you just had the show come out where it really just – Slows down the movies where you get to actually understand the backstory. Which so it's was kind nice. of the, the prequel, right? Yes. To the Lord of the Rings, which is called I don't remember what it's called. Rings of Power. I Rings think. Of Rings power. of Power. Yes. 
how we got there. But yeah, so you you have you watched all the Lord? I've of the watched Rings? all the movies, even the extended versions. And I mean, the first time you watch it, you really just run through it, and it just seems like it's just this incredibly long movie where there's no end in store because you've got your main characters are Frodo, Frodo Baggins, and Sam. Sam's yeah. a little friend, and yeah. Frodo finds the the little ring, and if he feels like he has a burden on him throughout the entire journey, but it's only his. And that when anybody else tries to take over it, that they're they're being selfish and that they're trying to take over his power. And you just see throughout the journey how much baggage that he starts to claim mm. as he goes throughout mm. the journey. Yep. I think the great lesson you learn is that um, God is always going to be there for you when you want him to be. If you reach out and you're, you're like, hey, you're going through these trials, you're going through these struggles, and you remember that, hey, God can help carry this burden for me. Yep. I don't have to do this by myself. And um, I think it's just an awesome movie that shows um, also just the, the road of life, just understanding that it's a long road, and when you take shortcuts, bad things will happen. Things will come back and haunt you. Yeah, true, true. But there's always the end. And like the first movie, you're like, oh, my goodness, this is taking forever. Second movie, it's like, okay, when, when, where's the end? By the time you get to the third movie, you see what all that hard work paid off for. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a great picture, right? Um, J.R.R. Tolkien, yes, um, you know, incredible books, epic uh, story, good versus evil, light versus dark. I mean, it's it's um, it's a way of of kind of going to that big meta narrative of you know what is life all about? Where where you know what's the meaning? Uh, is there really good? Is there really bad? Is there really evil in the world? And it's uh, it's it's really well done. It is an epic movie, and, and I'm glad they they kept that right the, the yeah. prequel when they brought those out. That they kind of stuck with that epicness because mm-hmm. he didn't want to minimize what he had, the work that he had done. So since you failed miserably at not including The Hobbit, I will. Okay. <laughs> uh, the Hobbit was actually the first book I actually read front to back. Now that took me until Seriously? my yes, like it was my oh, wow. uh, freshman year in high school. Where I actually read a book front to back, and The Hobbit is the first. The Hobbit is the first. All right. So uh, I love it for everything you said, and then I love it for some of the small details in the movie where Gandalf is talking to Lady Galadriel. And he's what was remin- her name again? Lady Galadriel. <laughs> you know, I had to practice that before this podcast. I know. And, and I may still be getting it wrong. I'm sure we'll get some corrections. Uh, he's talking to her and saying, you know, our peer here, the other white wizard, thinks we win with power. Yeah. And he's like, I don't think that is the case. I think often or not, it's the small gestures, things done in love. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. That's here is so good. everything so in good. Matthew. Yep. Uh, in the Sermon on the Mount and the Beatitudes, it's it's not so the power, yeah. but it's the small acts of kindness done in love. And then he describes where he's getting all his courage from, and it's not from this immense power that the wizard has, but it's with his friendship with Bilbo. Like he makes me courageous because I see what he is doing. So it's this That's dichotomy amazing. of the strongest wizard out there being uplifted by a great friendship with another man, and knowing it's not power that wins, but it's love. I love it. In all the small details. So good. So I, I, we'll bookend Tolkien right there. Yeah. There you go. Well, sticking with the theme of love, um, my next movie is the movie that gives us the essence of what true love is. The Fifth Element. Sorry. <laughs> I just had to do that. Princess Bride. As you wish. Yes. Princess Bride. Um, I remember watching it in high school, and I didn't really get it. I, I, I Seriously, I, I was like, oh, this is just, this is silly. Um, and then I, I remember, you're Sicilian, right? <laughs> I'm Northern Italian. Okay. So, okay. Um, but I, I remember watching it for a second time and I went, 
oh, that's the, I, I think that's like the brilliance of this movie is the humor in the movie gets the point across, right? It's, it's supposed to be this tongue-in-cheek funny thing that if you pay attention and you listen to it, you're like, ooh, that's, that's really good. Um, I, I do love um, just the power of friendship. Uh, yes. In the movie, um, and and good friendship and bad friendship, right? If you hang around the wrong people, you'll end up at the wrong places, doing the wrong thing. Um, but if you're around the right people, it's it's amazing um, what you're willing to do and what you're willing to sacrifice uh, for those who love you and love you well. Um, uh, I do love um, just the, the the story, right, of true love, right? And you know, you're back to your definition of love, which is love is the commitment of my will to the betterment of your need, regardless of the cost to me. Right, which they summarize in. As you wish. As you wish. <laughs> right? Yeah, is, very true. Right, which is what Wesley says to Buttercup, just to say, whatever you need, I'm willing to make that sacrifice. Um, and so it's just, to me, it's a great story. It's a, it's a ton of fun. Um, I use it often mm-hmm. um, in you know, references to things. Um, usually when I'm teaching right, a lesson right, from the Bible, somehow Princess Bride works its way into uh, the lesson, because I think it teaches us a lot of great things um, about life. And so um, one, of, one of my favorite movies, and if you haven't watched it, and if you're one of those young guys who's, you know, like under 30 and you have no idea what Princess Bride is, go get it. Watch That's it. homework. Yeah. Go, 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 go do that and, and, and enjoy the stupidity of it. Right. So when the, um, you know, rodents of unusual size come out, right, just, just laugh. The, the, uh, uh, this is not going to win like an exactly. Oscar for it, like yes. special effects. No, it's, that's is, not the yeah, point of this movie. That's definitely a guy in a big old rat suit. Or whatever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like going, wow. The, these anyway, were the 80s movies, the guys. 80s movies to so just uh, enjoy that. Preston, do you have another one? You're, you're done. I know. Um, we, we went. I, I, I have too many. Right. I, I, I do. Too. I know. We, I know. We have to kind of wrap it up. I would say this. Um, Les Mis is one of my favorite movies, only because I love mm. the story. Yeah, the I, I, I love the story. Um, you know, it was the first really play on Broadway that I got to see. I mean, just love the musical. And then when they made a movie about it, I was like, whatever. Like you've got to be kidding. So so well done. So let me add to that. The first time, the first musical I ever saw was Les Mis. Okay. It was at West Point. This first time I, they, they came up into the production there. I guess they came up from New York City. That presentation was so good. I thought it was over after Act Two. I got up to leave, and my date was like, "Hey, it's Knucklehead, not, there's not a whole nother act." I'm like, "Are you kidding me? No way, there's, there's more!" more? <laughs> so uh, I, I've got, we've got too many too. I've got too many too. But I'm yeah. going to throw a, a, a short animated movie on here. We haven't done anything from Pixar. Okay. And I'm not going to. But I'm going to add an animated movie. Oh, well, I've got one from Pixar. Okay, well then I'll do one not from Pixar. Hit, hit it. The boy, the mole, the fox, and the horse. Okay, I know. So, I know the story. Yes, I didn't know it was a movie. They just made it book. into an. Yes, it's a children's book out yeah. of the UK. Yeah, by Charles Maxey, I guess his name is. Okay, I'm probably butchering that too, but it's just chop full of just beautiful nuggets. And the one that just kind of you know, this was a movie I could sit down with all three of my boys, all teenagers, and my wife, and for 45 minutes. Not only were we entertained, but all I did was reflect God's wisdom from Proverbs over and over again. It's yeah, essentially yeah. a retelling it's, of Proverbs. It is. It's a great little snippet on yeah. some, some great wisdom, nug, nug, gold nuggets of wisdom. So. And maybe my favorite line is that I don't remember who asked who in the book, but they ask, what's the bravest thing you ever did? And this is so true for men. Okay. And the one replies, I don't remember which one. I asked for help. Oh, that's good. I'm like, if we had that ingrained in us yep, as men, yep, that yep. weakness is not asking for help. It's 
strength to ask for help. Yeah. So that that short animated film was phenomenal in my good, book. Good, good book, good movie. Okay, so in animation, I'll say The Incredibles. Um, I love The Incredibles, and, and here's the reason why. I think from a Christian perspective, um, I think we try to um, we try to hide ourselves in our culture and just go through life as if we're not any different than everybody else. And the reality is, is we're very different than everybody else. And we should be different, right? And we should look different. We should act different. And when here's the deal. When times are in need, when times are in peril, when there is an essence of life, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's when the superhero aspect of those who know the truth and the truth can set you free, right? Those who are believers need to, in a sense, put on their cape and get out there, right? You know, where's my super suit? Right, get out there and and fight against evil. And I think yeah. The Incredibles is the first one. Um, the second one, I gave me a headache, and you know you can't watch it if you get seizures. And I was like, okay, great. Um, but the first one I thought was great. Preston, you love The Incredibles. Yeah, I mean, the second one took what ten ten something years. We were waiting forever. For that it is to true. Come out. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, but it's you got the whole family aspect as well. Yeah. Just how. It's kind of, we kind of joke around how, how close our family is and how we look out and everybody is just very different yeah. and how it seems like we're the ones that are normal, but then you look at it and you're like, the world has changed. Yeah. And I think Incredibles does a very good job, even with how old it is and with how like just silly and it has, it gives really good aspects of being a hero in and amongst your community. That's right. Just yeah. being a good person being a person that's all about doing the right thing. Yeah. And staying, staying with animated Aladdin. Now we mentioned this uh, earlier and, and Preston and I and Mike have a little dispute over this. And uh, absolutely. Is, there is because which, you two are wrong. Which Aladdin is better, right? The Robin Williams or the Will Smith. Absolutely. Robin Williams. Okay. I'm going to say the Will Smith one was pretty epic. Robin Williams himself, I think carried the first one. Agreed. The second one, I think, is is just it's really well done from top to bottom. My favorite part of Aladdin, and the reason I put it on there, um, is when Aladdin makes his third wish. Yes, right, because the first two wishes are about himself and about what he wants. The third wish is for the genie. It's finally selfish. It's selfless. Excuse me. It's right. It's selfless. It's the hey, I've I've already tried to get what I want, and Mm -hmm. here's the deal. What I found out is when you only seek what you want. you don't end up getting it. It never fulfills. Exactly. And so oh. he, he ends up right, setting the genie free. And, just, and I'll say, my, you know, my kids laugh at me because when I watch that part of the movie, right, I'll tear up. And so I'm watching a, you know, a comedy movie, right, and I'm crying because... You're not crying. Your awesome is leaking. That's right. Leaking some awesomeness all over the place. Another part from that end of the movie is getting, getting exactly kind of what you deserve in life where... Oh, that's good. Yeah. He, he gives them the... I want all the power. You yeah, reap I want to be the most. Right. I want to yeah. be the most powerful being. And it's like okay, okay, there you go. Yeah. But lots wh- of power, little space. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he gets exactly what he deserves, just like in life. If we don't accept Christ, we're going to get exactly what we deserve in yeah. life, which is hell. Yeah. And I think it shows a great, great. Preston just went there, by the way. He just he made this into a sermon. Boom. Just there we go. Drop the mic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'll throw one last one for me in. Okay. Last Saving one. Private Ryan. Oh. Like, you know, and we're at the age, and the current generation is the age where they're going to forget the sacrifice that was made by the greatest generation. True, true. Yep. And that's got to be one of the most realistic portrayals of actually what D-Day and the hell of World War II was yeah. actually like. Yeah, very powerful. And the beauty uh, at the end of the film when Matt Damon, who is the, the one soldier that was saved, 
He looks down at the grave sites of his friends, yes. of Tom Hanks. We yes. haven't had Tom Hanks appear at all, That's but he right. appears in this moment. Oh, there you go. So we get Tom Hanks into this list, and he asks his wife, tell me I've led a good life. That's right. So he's, he's comprehending the sacrifice that was made on his behalf, and he's, he's owning that, What's it I hope it was worthy of what was paid yes. for me. Yes. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh, here's our Savior saying, make sure you can stand in front of me and yeah. say, I've lived a good life, yeah. not for my glory but for the sacrifice that you've made on my behalf. Amen. So uh, that was just resplendent with that ethos yeah. of like, sacrifice. That's like what sanctification's all about. Absolutely. Right? Here's the sacrifice that was made for me now. In a sense, now I've got to go earn it, but you don't have to earn it, right? Because it's already been paid for. But yeah, live, live as if, right? That person's there, sitting there saying, hey, do you know what I sacrificed for you? Yes. Right? That beautiful movie. Great ending to a movie, by the way. Yes. Oh, so good. Um, I'll just throw a couple more. The Pursuit of Happiness. Um, it shows the power of perseverance and the love of a dad for his son, right? Who would do anything yes. right, to, to, to try to make his situation better. Um, uh, the upside, um, uh, we have to throw a, Ke- a Kevin, Kevin Hart, Hart. movie. <laughs> but the upside is his serious movie, right? Yes. Where he's a, um, you know, a, a former criminal looking for a job, ends up being um, kind of the, the caretaker for a guy who's a quadriplegic um, who just wants to be done with life, and they learn about the value of life uh, and the power of friendship together. It's a beautiful movie. Um, but then when I, hey, when I was thinking about this, it's kind of interesting. Uh, when we talk about movies that men need to watch, of course, you're thinking, you know, for my generation, it would be, um, you know, westerns, right? So yeah. you think Clint Eastwood or whatever. I'll say this. Um, there's one movie that just kind of stuck out to me from my childhood. It's called Last Train from Gun Hill. It is not a great movie. Okay, it is a Western. Um, it's, it's a good Western, but here's the thing. Um, the, the movie is about if you don't raise your son properly and he turns out to be rotten, right? Here's the deal. Um, that rottenness um, is going to in, infect everybody else around you. And it's a really, really powerful movie because the very, very last scene in the movie um, is about one dad saying to another dad, he asked him, he's like, hey, what, what was your son's name? Because the one dad who's the yeah. sheriff or whatever had raised his kid well and he told him, um, and he's just like, you know, he's a good, he's a good boy, you know. And it was just, it was so, the whole movie um, really is about just the power that a father has in raising a boy well. We could say that's a parallel plot in Gladiator. Yeah, that's true. You know. You raise a bad kid. Raise becomes, a bad kid. He becomes the, you know, look the emperor. What the void look what happens. Yeah. That's so. very true. So, how, okay, so there's some movies for you to watch, right? A couple date nights coming up if you have something that you want to, you know, get maybe some of these are so old you don't have to rent them anymore. They're no, they might time. be free. They're, they're all free, <laughs> and that would help out. So, Preston, thanks for your time. Um, Preston loves watching movies, so uh, when he he wanted to talk about movies, he was like, "Hey, I can talk about that." Um, but he's also becoming a reader, uh, which is which is fascinating. I think he's probably read more books this year so far than I have. Probably more than I ever have. Yeah. Kind of, kind of fun to watch that. It's a passion that you can, you, you never have to retire from either. That's right. So I've got, you know, my mom's an English teacher. She still pours through books. Yeah. That's the beauty of getting old. You forget all the books, great books you've read. You can read them again. You can read them again. <laughs> I love it. I can't watch movies in my room at night, no TV. It feels like I'm watching a movie when I'm reading now. Yeah. It's just picturing it. It's beautiful. Beautiful. So there you go, guys. Uh, some great movies. Preston, Mike, thanks for your time. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Training for Manhood. If you found the conversation to be valuable, make sure to rate us where you listen to podcasts. Also, check out additional content on our website, trainingformanhood.com. That's training, the number four, manhood.com. Until next time.
In the words of King David, be strong and show yourself a man.